Okay. Gotcha. Look All at right. that Elcat shirt. <laughs> Elcat. Jackalope. Why, why That's do, what I was trying to think of yesterday. Yeah. What? So why do you mention Elcat? We're recording right now. Can you show a, give a picture of where we're at? Yeah, so now? we relocated. If you if you have if you have yet to notice there's not a dentist drill in the background anymore. In the first two episodes, you might notice some dentist drill. So we were set up right next to the bike wash station, which several times. So it was uh, it wasn't necessarily a bike wash; it was more of a bike torture chamber. <laughs> you were watching Brennan. So Brennan Volker, right? Yep. Uh, Demo Jesus. Demo Jesus in um, the house. He uh, he was there too. We just sat there watching. Yeah, we were neighbors until about halfway through yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And we were like. We'll see you later. Yeah, it was no, just... No, we had to relocate. That was bad. Yeah, and I know. And we... Finally, at the end of the day, we helped kind of show somebody what was going on. Cause yeah. We just, so, Tim standing behind us here. There was people watching. There were people... Eating yeah, eating his burrito with his ketchup, I think. It's like a soft But we were taco. we were sitting there watching people blast their bikes for a while. So, we had to abuse. do something. Yeah. It was abuse with pressure washers. Yeah. So now what we did is we there relocated. are bike shops all around the Mid Atlantic right now that are rejoicing because yes, of the bike exactly. wash here. So we relocated. We're in the middle of the action. Uh, we're next to I think REI, James Bikes, uh, Turin, Turin Tires, and Esker Cycles, uh, all kinds of stuff. So we'll we'll do a picture of that. But um, Brendan is here. What are you doing here now? Oh, ha- uh, repping Happy Mutant. Yep, repping Happy Mutant Nutritionals. Okay, so we'll talk about that, but you have a long history in the bike world of things. Um, and you just want to talk about a bunch of different things, so we'll talk. Yeah. And yeah. his dog, Geronimo. G. Yep. He's like, you know. said my name? He's looking yeah. around. Which. Does he have much to say? I want you, <laughs> at some point, you got to tell the story of, uh, well, not the story, but you got to tell why you named why you named G Geronimo. Okay, yeah. Because that's right. a good one. Yep. Okay, like so it. what were we talking about before I said, hang on, let's record that? Oh, um, how I uh, how I got into Pivot, the whole joke for a while. Oh, yeah, the name oh, yeah. hired me. Yeah. So Pivot hired me as their East Coast demo driver after, you know, several month process of interviewing and stuff like that. And Pivot has this history of hiring people with the same names. So there's three Brendans. There's Brendan, Brandon, Brandon, Ryan, Brian, another Ryan... Ryan Price, and there's just all right. these weird names so that overlap. Iterations of yep. much so just make it easy yep. for like the the higher ups. They're like, yeah, Brandon, just <laughs> Brandon guy. Yeah, you get one of you could yes. say one of five names, and you'll probably get the person's name right. Right. Um, <laughs> and then the the other joke was that the guy, the I forget his actual title, but one of the guys that handled hiring Andy, he wouldn't hire anybody named Andy because he was that was his thing. He's like, it, I don't right. care if you're the most qualified person in the world, I'm not going to hire right. Andy. So. That was kind of a joke that got passed around a couple times. But my last name is Volker, and at the time, the German sales rep, his first name was Volker. So first name was already taken in the company. Brendan, there's plenty of Brendans. Last name is Volker. There's a Volker in Germany, and that was the whole joke for me getting hired. It's just be, to continue the iterations yeah. of confusing names. Because you actually, you, were, you, you kind of doubled down on the whole thing. Yeah, my last name is someone's first name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and the rest is history, huh? Yep. Just like that. Yeah. Right. You. Um, that was a good show. What? Yeah. Exactly. We're good. Thanks. Uh, what did you do? You, st- you. You were telling me yesterday you started. Was it at, at a bike shop like yep. a long time ago? Take us yeah. back. Uh, you all back in the- 2008, 2009, I was kind of an out of shape kid that just liked to play video games too much, and mom kind of 
pushed me into getting outside a little more and riding bikes, and we had a local bike shop about two miles down the road. And I didn't really have too many friends. I didn't didn't have any kids in the neighborhood that I grew up in, so I just yeah. started going down to the bike shop and flat tires all the time, and finally the guy's like, screw it. I'm just going to show you how to fix your own tire. I'm tired of you paying me 15, 20 bucks every yeah, time. Yeah, he felt bad after yeah. taking all your money. And that kind of snowballed into me hanging out there a few nights a week. Um, never got paid to work for him. I just kind of, he so taught me stuff. and Like quintessential shop rat. Yep. Nice. Yeah. He gave me all of his old bicycle repair books, all the stuff from the 70s, 80s, and stuff. He's like, read through this, and I want you to know all the part names. What the head tube, the down tube, the seat stays, chain stays. Like, I want, to, I want you to learn all of it and just stare at it and study it. So from that, uh, he actually closed his shop in 2009, 2010. It was just a one-man show. Mm-hmm. He raced too much BMX growing up, and his lower back kind of okay. had a lot of surgeries, and he just couldn't run it anymore. So uh, I moved on to a shop in Dallas called Dallas Bike Works. Uh, I worked there for six months, 12, somewhere at the very end of high school, early okay. college. <coughs> moved to Lubbock, worked at a bike shop in Lubbock, just – when you start working at a bike shop, part of you just wants to keep working at a bike shop because you're riding bikes and you're stoked and you want to have good deals on stuff. And yep. That's why I never left. <laughs> yeah. That's why some of us are still here. That's why this entire industry is yep. here. That's so. why 40 vendors are here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just moved into a shop, and uh, as I started working for the guy, he was opening up a new location. One day he sent me over there, and for a year and a half I ran it just from the I put the open sign up I cleaned the bathrooms every day and yeah ran the numbers ran the cash at the end of the day that progressed into changing my architecture degree into a business degree marketing management okay went from there and yeah went to a couple other shops I worked at Plano Cycling and Fitness also in Dallas for two years which unfortunately they just recently closed their doors they were one of the biggest shops in DFW okay so kind of I'm a, uh, sensing a trend yeah everything you- everything I do t- Watch you know, out, every bike shop I've worked for has closed a location, which is kind of, okay. I don't know I'm if that's me or, yeah, no, <laughs> so you shut him down, you, huh? Just giving you a hard time. Yeah. This guy shuts it down. Yeah. How's it going? Good. No. What do you think? Good. Yeah, hopefully a year from now you guys aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's out here now. We have to <laughs> yeah. shut her down. Oh God! Oh, uh, great. No, so anyhow, so Plano. Yeah, I was at Plano uh, Cycling, and then working for them, I got involved a little bit with. Uh, I did some SPCU stuff with Specialized. I was they were big Specialized uh, Giants, Cannondale, and Pivot retailer. Okay. And I went to SPCU one week, and the week after, Pivot had offered to do one of their events where they send out a retailer and usually two people from one of some of their key accounts and the sales reps go out to pivot get a tour of the place ride bikes yeah so my manager was like you're the only other guy here that probably gives crap about any of this stuff he's like do you want to go with me i'm like yeah sure yeah so i went to sbcu flew back had like a few days went to pivot and got my foot in the door there met a lot of people the irony is that i crashed really hard on one of the two group rides the second group oh, ride. Oh, like you just got there and you did like a group ride? We with did him? two group rides. The first group ride was on South Mountain, where we did Mormon National Loop, kind of like the staple loop right, on South right. Mountain. The second loop was over at Haas, which is a little more cross-country-like, but there's a lot of gravel two-track connectors, and the gravel there is like a hard pack with ball bearings over it. Okay. You just get out of control, and I think there was an Icon or, or an Ardent Race on the bike I was on, and okay. probably aired up a little too <laughs> high and yeah. hit 20, Didn't quite hook up for you? Yeah. <laughs> 
bike started shifting one way, I went down and just ate it. I, my sides, I had How many people were cuts. on this ride? What's that? How many people were on this ride with you? Probably 30. <clears throat> Only two yeah. people saw it. I was up on the bike. Oh, I was going to say, realized. you're that guy. I was the yeah. guy that, yeah. So we get back, and I'm all cut up, and I'm, a couple people had to help patch me up. and Like, I didn't have to go to the ER. It's just a bunch of cuts I had to clean up and yeah. put gauze on. So when I applied for the job, the first person that calls me says, hey, I remember you. You were the guy that crashed. This should be really easy <laughs> since we know each other already. <laughs> I was like, that's all I had to do is crash? If yeah. I didn't crash, maybe they would have I knew that all remember. along, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That. So then you pivot for a few years? Pivot for three years. So then... Uh, so East Coast, you were doing East Coast demo stuff? The, the East Coast, quote unquote, yeah. which is anything from Phoenix to Key West to Quebec. And Wisconsin and the UP and a little bit of South Dakota and occasionally Utah. And so everything except for the Southwest? Everything, no, everything except for the the mountain states. I usually didn't hit the mountain states okay. and I wouldn't go up north of that. Like I, the, the okay. half a dozen states I haven't been to, Washington, Oregon, North Dakota, which... Well, you did get to ride a little bit though. I did, a lot. Least. Yeah. A lot. So that's good. Yeah. So you're the reason that they... Adjusted things probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this guy is driving way out of the way to get to yeah. the trails. I'll, so I'll did, admit there were a couple drives that I probably went a little further than. Right. If it were my gas money, I probably would have. But it's kind of the perk of the job. I mean, it's right. a it's yeah, a year round yeah. job. It's eleven months on right. the road, one month off. There's right. no. Wow. You don't get a week off here and there. You don't get a summer break. You don't get a spring break. You're eleven. It was a pretty good. You, it was a pretty good experience. though, yeah. it sounds like. You, oh, it's. I mean, you going around and what's the? How many years the did you do it? Right how many here? years did you do it though? I did three. Three. So okay. Explain the sticker. How did so that come to be? The uh, one of my first events was that, at um, Devil's Head Lake Resort. You know where that's at, yeah. right? Yeah. Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, yeah. So we had this event with Eric's, and it was one of those. They send half of their employees to Devil's Head Lake. We were there, Specialized was there. Uh, Bianchi, which that's probably the last time I've seen a Bianchi demo, was there. It was some weird stuff like that. You were there. I was there. And, it, <laughs> you know, I get out there. I've got a duffel bag of stuff. I'm starting to transition into the van. I've got a duffel bag, and it's like 75 the first day, sunny. You go up for a ride. Second day, it starts like snowing. You know, it's like it's May in Wisconsin. Jesus. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's snowing. Snow it's flurries. 25, yeah. 30 degrees. I don't have enough blankets in the van, but I'm stuck here. And the closest place to go is Baraboo to the Walmart. So I'm just like bundling up every like double jeans, every jacket I can find, Patagonia jacket. <laughs> yeah, on top you have of this that. Texas guy. Yeah, this up in, yeah, yeah. Just that's not what I was expecting in May. In May, it's 95 degrees in Texas or the Southwest, right. and I had just been in Phoenix for several or a few months. Right. So. 75, 80 degrees, 80, 90 degrees, and then straight to 20 to 30 degrees. So I stepped out of the van one day, and I've got all of these blankets over me. I'm bundled up. I look like a Sherpa. And somebody's like, look, it's Jesus. <laughs> and then somebody else said, no, it's Demo Jesus. And it just snowballed. I just, I couldn't stop it. I just thought it was kind of stupid. I was like, oh, whatever. I don't like nicknames. Like, that's just kind of stupid. People are going to think I'm full of myself. Right. And that's what everybody started calling me. And now any bike event that you go to, I'll, I'll I'll run into people and they'll look at me and I've never met them and they're like, "You're Demo Jesus." Right. Like, I am. <laughs> yes. I'm. I mean, I'll vouch for that. It's happened a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're that guy. So the you sticker, get that? Yeah. So we have the sticker. He the sticker a, came out of a shop in um, El Paso, 
bicycle company. Okay. Um, Mike Rossin. Like somebody that was a super fan or something? Uh, the the shop owner, Mike Rossin, was a good a good friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, I guess former shop owner, as far as I know. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time hanging out at the... <laughs> yeah, go, right? <laughs> There's a trend. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mike, uh, he had a graphics guide. One of his employees, um, I forget his name right now, but they had a sticker for him that looked... Okay. He, he, tall lanky hispanic dude long beard really funny and they made him a funny like cartoonish sticker mm-hmm. and he's he walks up to me at the demo and puts his phone in my face he's like you're gonna thank me in a few months and takes a picture a few months later i got this in an email and says where do i'm where am i sending and uh, his graphics guy just he sent me a couple dozen to start and then i called him up and i was like let's do 150 yeah. just see what happens it's yeah. If anything, it gets a funny bunch of funny stickers out there. It's worth two hundred bucks in my life, or hundred bucks in my life, whatever it ended up being. Yeah. So this is my third batch, and <laughs> I, and they're on several vehicles here. Yeah. at the vendor area. If you go to the fox, the the fox fan, yeah. open the back door. It's sitting on the toolbox. <laughs> you go to the stands booth. It's sitting on their toolbox. It's I can, yeah. the, the, actually the SRAM, yeah, the SRAM one. Yeah. Just side door. It's on the side of one of his storage containers. It's. It's it's weird. I, I never wanted it to be like that. I'm not full of myself. A lot of people are like, "Yeah, you're really full of." No, yourself. he's definitely not. I'll, I'll, yeah. He's definitely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just just kind of. If happened. you take two seconds to talk with Brendan, you understand real quick that you're uh, far from being full yeah. of yourself. Yeah. So you were, you spent a long time. Now you're doing Happy Mutant. You're a yep. sales rep for Happy Mutant. Yep. Is it just Happy Mutant CBD? Yeah, Happy or, Mutant Nutritionals. Um, nutritional, yeah. sorry. I didn't know uh, the we've, company name. We've gone back and forth between branding. Nutritional seems to be a little less provocative in terms of states that don't like the term CBD or still think CBD is related so to... So CBD is provocative at this point? Because uh, I saw it in L&M well, last it's, week. It's, it's confused, isn't it's, it? It's confusing. It's just, it's. I don't know if provocative is the right word. Yeah. People don't always understand it. Um, my parents, for instance, I told my parents I'm selling CBD, and my mom's like, you're selling weed? No, I'm not. I'm selling CBD. It's okay. a, it's the healthy aspect of it, and it's we don't even derive it from marijuana. We yeah. derive it from hemp. So yep. everything we do is legal in every state. It's 0.00%. We go through all the third-party testing, which there aren't many brands out there that can tell you that. Um, and we're the official CBD for several different outlets. Professional uh, athletes can use it, and law enforcement, military can use it. Okay. So. so what I was thinking is all your stuff you have going on, you use that picture or that sticker and yeah. in, in your future uh because mm-hmm. you have a guide but we'll talk about all the yeah. stuff you have going yeah. on but um yeah there's gotta be yeah. some way you can like turn that into so i'd never know, put CBD a logo on jesus it. or something i don't know yeah. if i had put a, a pivot logo on it yeah I, it'd be I, done it pivot probably could have paid for it but it'd be over mm-hmm. oh i know i'm just That's saying I kept like, it, kept but you can keep I, that keep I, that I as reiterate. a thing you know yeah. you're the guy but you become yeah. the guy that's now yeah selling yeah yeah so, so when did you? Let's talk a little bit about Happy Mutant, then yep. we'll talk about other stuff. Like you moved, yep. you live out in Asheville yep. area. Um, we won't mention that you're a runner yet, yeah. so it'll keep people listening. But yeah, <laughs> no. So you were on bikes a long time. You got a yep. lot of stuff going on. Um, let's talk about Happy Mutant. You mentioned the details, but like what? Yep. So, mean, so you got it yesterday a lot. Yesterday afternoon, like what makes you guys special? So, everything we do is designed by athletes for athletes, and we don't focus on any commercial stuff you're not going to go to a gas station to find our products in there you can go to a gas station anywhere and buy some level of cbd product that you don't know where it came from and you don't know if you're going to fail a drug test by taking it or if it's even legal so toby the guy i work for toby's based in iowa came from a professional ultra distance background ultra distance racing adventure racing he even has his own adventure race series and you know he was 
taken so many supplements from so many years of racing that to keep the pain down, to keep the inflammation down. And you just said, you know what, I want to find something that I can cut a few things out yeah. and start to get something a little more natural yeah, so he doesn't, he's not taking a stack of nutrient supplements exactly to, yeah. and a buddy of his i believe from high school was a chemist and they got to talking and got to working together and it just kind of snowballed from there so i met him at dirt fest last summer and he gave me a sample of topical which the topical is anything you put on sore ache muscle you can put it on bug bites road rash you get a headache you put it on your temples it's Anything you put an ointment or a gel or cream on, you could probably put CBD on and get the same relief. Okay. Okay. And I had just sprained my ankle training for a really big race. And I was wrapping it every morning. I was limping around and wanted to sit down all the time. And he just started giving me topical. I put it on a couple times a day. Took care of it. He gave me some for the road. And then it, it really changed my recovery from that sprained ankle. And I raced two months later. And my never had a single issue in my ankle since. Huh. And I don't like gimmicks. I don't like crap out there. Right. There's, a, there's a lot of brands that have stuff that you don't really know what it does. I don't want to say crap about Hammer, but I like Hammer nutrition products. But so, if you look at their lineup, it can be very intimidating when you're like, well, what do these do versus these? The Enduralites versus the. Um, yeah, the, there's just a good acids. example because they have a ton of products. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's not saying that there's not the right stuff. There's not good stuff in their lineup, but there's a lot of stuff that you don't really know. This package says it does the same as this package. So I've just never really got into a lot of that stuff. I know it works great for a lot of people. It's just I've personally chosen to avoid it. And when he gave me that, and I tried it, and I was like, this is something that I can see a direct result in two minutes, yeah. and it's going to change my recovery. It's going to help me recover faster, and I have get chronic pain doing long-distance rides, long-distance trail runs where I can apply that, and it takes care of it. Yeah. Same oil in that is in the capsules and our tinctures and you know, that's what a lot of people are more familiar with tinctures you put a dropper on your tongue and you get full body relief you get that yeah. anti-anxiety calming feeling yeah are you guys are you guys testing at all and, and I want I want you to clarify something so I've got two questions I guess are you testing at all using drops or capsules for performance while you're actually doing your event personally yes I don't. I can't speak for Toby or what his personal research is with it, but I'm. You mentioned I'm a trail runner. My most recent testing has been before long distance trail runs. I'll take a 25 milligram. I'll go for a run. You know that first hour or two, it starts metabolizing. Is right about that point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready just to be done with this. I, this is a stupid idea. I'm ready to go home. Really gives me a more level head for long distance events. I don't get that inflammation as quickly. I don't get sore muscles as quickly. And one day I forgot it. I said, you know what? Let's, control test it'll this will be a good way to figure out yeah. if this is just a gimmick or not it's the most miserable 20 plus mile run i've ever done wow and three days ago i did a run that would blow most people's mind and the next morning i woke up went for a staple mountain bike ride in rothrock and then i came here and i've been on my feet all weekend and i haven't i'm not sore hasn't phased hurts. you yeah. yeah so the thing that i want you to explain a little bit mm-hmm. is that you mentioned and i just kind of pull the curtain back a little bit listeners i i actually also work in in medicinal cannabis and and cbd world uh in my real life job marketing yeah from a marketing standpoint um so i'm slowly educating a little bit here on on the stuff but you mentioned that your cbd is derived from hemp correct and then you also mentioned that you don't know what you're getting when you buy cbd oil from a gas station and you could fail a drug test correct so people who are listening kind of thinking okay well this is spinning around in their heads CBD is not weed. CBD, the so, correct CBD is yeah. not weed. It can be. Uh, it can be, yeah. but 
Not necessarily. So the 2018 Farm Bill passed in December and basically legalized the growth of hemp anywhere. Made it easy to get your hands on. That's why you see it. That's everywhere. why you see it everywhere yeah. now because you can grow it everywhere. The thing is, there's two plants. There's marijuana and there's hemp. Marijuana is It's grown. a male and female species. Yeah. And marijuana is grown for its high THC content. It's grown for its, for its psychoactive effect. It's grown for people to smoke it, to consume it, and to get that aspect of it. See, hemp, on the other hand, is naturally low in CBD, or naturally low, sorry, in THC. Naturally high in CBD. So you can derive CBD from marijuana. You can derive it from hemp. If you derive it from marijuana, you can never really say there's 0.00% THC in there. Right. There's still a trace amount that's possible to have. And that's where, if you see that margin of error, that 0.03, it's a CBD product, but CBD can be derived from marijuana. Um, it's like non-alcoholic beer still has yeah, a still trace has of a alcohol trace of in it. You're never going to get rid of it. Exactly. You can't. You can't guarantee it <laughs> unless you derive it from hemp and you have the proper process to do it, which there are very few people out there that'll say we have third-party testing to show, which I, you know, I have a lot of high-end shops out there and that's, that's their thing. They don't, they have people that are making, you know, working corporate office jobs where if they get drug tested a day, it could ruin their career. Right. And that's, you know, <clears throat> truck drivers can use it. Truck drivers have some of the highest testing right. standards out of anybody right. else out there. Right. So, but I bring that up because mm -hmm. as you said, you know, your parents asked the cold, the questions yep. and. Um, I mean, I had a family member that started taking CBD, and she did fail a drug test. Yeah. And it was like, well, where are you getting it from? Yep. And so, I think it's one of those things that there's still so much confusion and, and misnomers around yep. it that it's making it harder for the real CBD out there. Yep. I agree. I did have a guy come by my booth yesterday, and he was asking what makes us different. And he's like, so you're 0.00%. Like, yes. He's like, so my doctor prescribed me some stuff, and I got it. But the person I got it from, or the counter dispensary, said that I should drink a lot of water with it just to be safe. And I'm like, yeah, that's because there's a margin of error there. And that's, if you were to have a drug test tomorrow, you could potentially fail it. And that's why she's telling you that you need to drink a lot of water. <laughs> to flush your to system? To flush your system. Listeners, that is a, that's a, if you ever go to anybody and get any medication, they're like, you know, you should really drink a lot of water this because you never know. Yeah. You might want to go somewhere else. <laughs> well, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe don't give them your money. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> that's sketchy. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, you can. But that, that also gives you a really good opportunity. Though, it does. That person, you can yep. tell what you just yep. told, and they're like, Yeah, and I keep the third-party test on hand. The printed papers. We go through three independent third-party tests in three different parts of the country. That's the, one of the requirements of being approved by the yeah. anti-doping yeah. agencies out there. Okay. And yeah, I keep the papers around that show full-spectrum CBD and 0.00% CBD. Or THC, sorry. Yeah. I say it so often sometimes. Yeah, you're like right, THC, yeah. CBD. Next thing you know, you're you're like I'm, I make full spectrum THC products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other, other crowd. Yeah, that's yeah. those. There are a few of those around here, but uh, you'd have to knock on the back of the van to, yes, to get your exactly. hands on it. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's important because there's a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of listeners. It's becoming more of a a, a thing. Mm -hmm. That people want to try, but they're a little concerned about that whole, well, is it, you know, am I taking yeah. a drug or not? The only thing that I think I could make better is if I had a job that required me to get a drug test. And I could say, I'm using it every day, and here's the result. I'm taking it personally. You could, you know? you could, oh, could self-test. Yeah, I could. That's true. And just show the results all the time. Exactly. And that's that's a that's a way to sell, sell some stuff. All of a sudden, yeah. you're doing a daily, uh, whatever, weekly yeah. check-in. Yep. That'd be kind of a... I hadn't really it's thought about blog. that. Just don't tell him it's your probation officer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
you do writing and stuff, right? A little you, bit. You, you could do a little bit of that. Yeah, I probably could. Add it to their website. What yep. is their website anyway? The what is it right now? Thehappymutant.com. Okay. We he branded the CBD separate from his race series originally, and then okay. back in the spring, I did some merging to kind of keep it all on the same brand, the same website. Right. It's, keep it simple when it yep. comes to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So happymutant.com. Um, is there any other questions you have with specific? Uh, CBD versus whatever. No, no. I just I thought that was a good clarification to yeah. to put in there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, talk about your move and what you're doing now. You mentioned you did a run mm-hmm. and then rode Rothrock. Yep. Uh, you've been to Dirt Fest so, six years now. So this is my fourth PA in my. I've been to both West Virginia. So I've been to six, and I think there's been eleven total okay. between the two. So I've been to half. This is the ninth year here. Ninth year here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you're living in your van? Most of the time. Most of the time. My girlfriend lives in Nashville, so okay. I'm, I'm centered around the house, so then when I take trips or go out of town, it's always out of the van at that yep. point. I don't pay for hotels or okay. anything like that. Okay, so when did you move to Asheville? After I left Pivot, which was last fall or going into the winter, um, I relocated my van from Dallas. We took a long road trip, went out to New Mexico, hit all some good riding in Santa Fe, Albuquerque. You just wanted to go back to that area and actually ride it without having Exactly. That, yeah. yeah, it's nice to be incognito in a sketchy white van yeah. when, you know, you don't have everybody that you see like, hey, are you doing a demo around here? Right. Where's the where's the pivot van? Where's the local shop at? Right. So, yeah, we went incognito and rode Santa Fe, rode the Windsor Trail right at that point where it started snowing, so we got a little slush up there. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, made our way back to Asheville. I finished my tour with Pivot and then permanently relocated into Asheville. And that, how many years ago? Three years ago? Uh, that was this year. Oh, this year yep. you permanently relocated yep. this year. Yep. So oh, my van. Awesome. Yeah, that's right. Pivot yeah. for yeah. three years. Yeah. yeah. With Pivot, my van, I right. didn't really have a home. I will say with Pivot, you know, living in the van, my time off, I could still live in the van. I just didn't get paid my right. per diems okay. for food and housing and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so I actually ended up all three years I stayed in Nashville. Okay. So gotcha. yeah. gotcha. it's, there's a... Oh. So had you ever been to Asheville before? Not before that, no. No. So what'd you think when you uh, got all settled and you're like, all right, I'm here? I mean, you had an idea what was. There. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I had spent a month to two months each year there, okay. and I feel like I did the full experience. You know, I hit every brewery you could possibly yeah. think of. I've slept did you in hit every. You of the trails when you were there too, I've, most of the time. I've yeah. ridden. I think I've ridden everything, yeah. including the the stuff that you're not supposed to ride. I'm okay. sure at some point, you know, that's when you go out with locals and you meet people for the first time. They want to show you some yeah. stuff, then you go back and look on it later on in life, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that wasn't a trail I was actually supposed to be on." It just right. kind of, right. I was just following them that day. That's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of trails too, and not in only what, not even half you can ride. Or yeah, I think it's about ride. a half. It's between a third and a half that are actually only bike friendly. Which is kind of crazy if you look at the map and see how many miles five, of trail. It's like, like 500, 500, 400, 500 500 mile of trail or 500 trails all around the Greater Asheville area. All around, all in Pisgah National Forest. That doesn't yeah. count Dupont. That okay. doesn't count the hiking trails at Mount Mitchell or at Panther Town Valley or the Mountains to Sea Trail, which runs along the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's a hiking only trail. It's the 1,200 mile through through hiking cross state trail. So there's there's an unbelievable amount of trail there. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, we, we won't talk too much about that because, yeah. I mean, yeah. you go. Here's yeah. the thing about a destination like that. You, and I want to get your perspective too because it's becoming. You have a little bit more traffic going on there than yeah we do in our area for that. But, um, you kind of bounce between. Yeah, we need some more people here, like some good yeah. people here, but like. 
we're, we're good. Where are we, we going to push them? Too many yeah. people because yeah. I want my, you know, I want things to stay fairly yep. cheap, and you, yep. know, you don't want it to inflate. Yeah, like Denver. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes from it when we moved there in 2008. Uh, the price, the prices, the amount of people was mm. it was big, but it wasn't in in the 10 years since. It's like I don't know the population number, but it's it's grown so much and prices have gone so high yep. that it's just you, you bounce between like you need a few more good people and like you want more people good. here and you want people to experience it, but at the same time you also want it to yourself. That's why you live there, and yeah. that's there's the selfish side of it where you don't want anybody to come visit you, but you also tell everybody to come visit you. Right, it's, exactly. How do you find that line, that balance? Yeah, do you find Asheville is a pretty good, pretty good at this point as far as like, you know, there's not a ton of people, or is there a lot of people on certain days, or how well, is that? Well, I guess I have a fresh perspective on it because yeah. this is my first time I've been here outside yep. of the spring going into the summer, yep. where the Blue Ridge Parkway is open and traffic gets wild. I mean, a 10-minute drive turns into 40 minutes. I mean, as the right. crow flies, I could get off and ride my bike home faster than where I'm at most of the time. Yep. Um, but there's so many hidden gems out there. If you know where they're at, you can actually avoid. Uh, you can avoid a lot of the crowds, and you can avoid going to a lot of. I mean, I can tell you the breweries that everybody's going to go to, and I can tell you the breweries that are going to be empty at the end of the day. Right. There's, but at what point do I tell you? Right. Right. I want to because they're the hidden gems and they're the great spots to go to. But if I tell too many people that, then it becomes this. And it becomes then they're no the longer thing. the hidden gems. Yep. Yeah, I think there was a Seinfeld episode like that yeah. with Elaine Spongeworthy. Yeah. I don't remember you that. Never one. Watched that? You ever watched Seinfeld? I watched Seinfeld, Seinfeld, but I don't remember that one. Anyhow, people can Google yeah. that if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Got to yeah. get to know somebody before you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's it's pretty good though. That way, it's not you're not uh, finding yourself pulling your hair out. Not outside. not too bad. There's um, unfortunately a couple of mountain bike celebrities, YouTube celebrities, have moved to the area and. You know, I'm sh if you go Google them, I'm sure you can find them. I don't care to tell you their names. You can go do that on your own. But there's a list of I already know. Yeah, you kind of figured exactly. it out. Um, I get confused with one of them quite a bit because of the long, shaggy hair and the oh, van. He's and, there? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's nice that they're there. It's nice that they're bringing people there. But at the same time, there's also exposing hidden. They're, they're exposing these hidden gems onto a YouTube channel. Right. These trails that locals are like, this is my favorite spot. One day they go in, shoot a video on it write up a full YouTube post, blog post about it, and next thing you know, this is publicized to a million people on the web. So do we, so can I ask you about that? Because yeah. it's a, it's come up, I think, in all three discussions, so it comes up all the time, the YouTube situation. Yep. Are we doing kind of the same thing by, by talking about it? I don't know. I guess I hadn't really thought about it too much on, on that front. I think it's... Because I... I I consciously think about that a lot. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like I want to talk about things, but I don't I don't I don't want to be that guy. But I want yeah. to like. I maybe it's my personal perspective. I look at podcasts differently um, than maybe a YouTube video or a blog where somebody's writing up because we're not sitting here in an itinerary reading through. This trail's X amount of miles long. You're going to climb 3,200 feet. You're going to do this in three hours. You're going to hike a bike here. And I'm not showing you a badass video. We're talking about it. We're having an organic discussion about it. I'm not trying to give you the most detailed way to get out there and ride it. Okay. So maybe that's where it's I find like the balance. kind of like we're doing the version of writing a book versus showing a movie. Yep. Yeah. And it, it, Other people it, can use their imagination to yep. try and kind of piece together exactly. what we're talking exactly. about. I agree. I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, so this is that's how I view it. I mean, I don't know what you guys look like if I'm just listening to you, but if I'm sitting here in front of you, I know what you look like. Well, right. we both have the face for radio. That's the good thing. <laughs> you do. I should be, I should be a YouTube. No, but it, it's common in the hunting realm of things. So the hunting, you know, 
podcasts and media, hmm. they're pretty vague, but if you were read between the lines or were semi-intelligent with things, you could probably figure it out. Yeah. Um, but it takes that extra amount of work, yep. and that's the filter. And um, YouTube is basically the, the source for anybody that has five minutes, 20 minutes of spare time just to go watch it and see everything And that that's want. what I'm yeah. getting at. Is yeah. what, I'm trying to figure out what the future of that is. And if that's like a thing that's sustainable, yeah. or if it's something that if we get enough people, it's think the way you just said that, mm. um, is it going to be a thing? You know, like there's ten YouTubers that show up to Asheville. Do they just keep doing that, or how does like what are we gonna? I just can't see it. There's not a very long shelf life for that experience. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, that's the that's the like interesting part. It was my experience in, in Williston. Like, I was there for a couple of years. It's south of Regina, um, Saskatchewan. There's a song about that. Um, so I'll tell you after. Um, it's a place. But we were in Williston for a couple of years, and there was a lot of transient people, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens is you get a ton of people in there. It's a very short shelf life of that, too, yeah. because they're, they're there everything's quick they make their money they do their thing mm -hmm. and then it's like on to the next yep. and I feel like that same thing is with the YouTube videos it's like we get in we do this we come, we go to that place five minutes video done I stopped at your coffee shop gave you two seconds yep. on to the next one it's like a churn and burn yep. and I I appreciate it so they're busting their ass I'm not saying yeah it's yeah, not to discredit what they're, they're doing they're doing really good like, absolutely it's yep. bringing a lot of people in the sport they're doing a good job they're busting their ass that has nothing to do with it, but I just feel like it's more of a churn and burn type of thing. Yep. I just don't know if that's a... And what's the longevity of that? That's the question. Yeah. Well, so Asheville's interesting because I think they just announced they're opening an indoor bike park, climbing gym, like one of those massive raised-type level yeah. areas. Yeah. And one of the big problems is, you know, in the winter you get freestyle, and in the winter people don't visit as often. That's when people stop. The Blue Ridge Parkway closes, right. half the roads close. I mean, not half the roads close, but access to a lot of trails limits. Right. And now they're starting to bring in all these other things that do keep it more of a year-round thing instead of a, we're going to ride here in the spring, we're going to ride good. here in the fall and move on. So I think they're still going up the curve, but I don't know when that, when the top of the wave is just going to start crashing down, if, if it ever does. I mean, places like Moab are still Moab. Not just still Moab, man. Yeah. They are Moab. It's it was like a six year span between when I went there, like I was there last year, mm -hmm. and then like six years before that probably. Yeah. And the difference is amazing. Yep. How much growth there is. It's, but it's still the same Moab. Yep. Just more of it. Yep. And that's Bentonville's, I guess, kind of similar. You know, Bentonville's a small yeah. town that the mountain bike industry revitalized it, and yeah. Asheville arguably was revitalized by beer in the outdoor community, yeah. and mostly beer yeah so uh you're gonna be on any video soon <laughs> you can so the guy that i resemble the yes. one of the youtube podcasters or whatever youtube bloggers whatever you want to refer to them as apparently my sticker is on the back of one of their vans oh, really? and somebody was like hey do you watch that guy on youtube i, I saw that sticker on the back of his van and oh. i was like Really? I was like, I don't even know this guy. I've never met him. I was like, how did he get his hands on one of these like limited edition <laughs> stickers? Where did he find one? Maybe he's just sampling it. Maybe uh, he found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good play. Yeah. Let's see what he did there. He's sampling it before he gets a single track. <laughs> that's uh, just something I heard at the store. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen the band myself. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. Uh, 
So you have some other stuff going on. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's talk you about that. Talk about Batmap. Yep. So you do some work with Batmap. Yep. Um, I started working with Greg uh, last fall, right as I was planning my exit from Pivot. And you want to give a quick rundown of what Fatmap is? So though, I think yeah, Fatmap, to unfortunately compare it to something that most people recognize, is kind of like Trail Forks MTB Project, but a more comprehensive guidebook. So mm-hmm. you go on MTB Project or Hiking Project, whatever the our partner's website is. Oh, yeah, it's oh, next to us. Hiking, hiking yeah, hiking project. project. There's okay. a trail run project. I'm sure there's a paddling project at this point. I don't, there's there's like six different logos, and I don't know what half of them are. Yeah. Um, but when you go on there, you go click on a route, and you'll see the featured routes. A lot of times they're the Imba Epic routes, or they're the staple Rothrock mix, the mm-hmm. Tussie Mountain mix, or whatever they might be, the, the Epic loops. And I basically work on creating those for FatMap. I do those for hiking, trail running, and mountain biking, and then they'll soon be adding a bunch of other sports. And... Fat map began kind of in that ski uh, snow world, which is very foreign to me. I don't. Last not time skier. I put skis on you, was a not too much skiing down in Texas. No. <laughs> there is skiing in Asheville though, not far, right? Yeah, like, it's Chattaluchi ski area. It's okay. Thirty minutes, forty minutes from. They actually get some snow. They do. Yeah. Well, they blow snow on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's yeah. a lot. Well, you look at if you look at the GPS, like the Google photo of it, it's just like white blob, and the rest of the mountains like there's <laughs> there's not white for two hundred right. miles any direction. Right. But anyhow, so yeah, yeah. so you not so, yeah. I work on all the featured routes, um, basically the higher level products, so the fat map select routes is what we call them. So my experience, I looked at it when I applied, and I looked at the math, and I logged over ten thousand miles on trail in some yeah. format or another over the yeah, past like, four or five years. And, all this? Yeah, I got like, pictures on days, you know, pictures for places people have never even dreamed of. And on one hand, you know, we just had the discussion of how much do you want to share with people. Yeah. And how much do you want to keep to yourself? Yep. And the trail I ran a couple days ago, I'm like, part of me wants to put it on the map. Part of me is like, I didn't see a single person that day. There's not a single Strava segment. It's not on any other app out there. And maybe I can just keep that to myself. Yeah. Or I can get paid to put it on a map for someone. So, you know, it's Yeah. But a lot of that stuff, even if, even if it is mapped, hmm. a lot of the stuff they're still not going to see. It's I could put it on the map and two people a year might see it and use it. And right. You know, I write basic descriptions. Basically, they're known for their... Fat Map's known for its high-quality GPS resolutions or Mm high-quality GPS mapping. So you get on there, you can... If you're on a computer and you got a touch screen, you can roll the map up and down so you can see, like, the perspective from one mountain peak to the next peak. So when I'm doing a lot of mapping and I'm thinking, I was on this peak, what was that mountain over there? And I'm like, oh, I was on the top of Cedar Rock and that was looking at the balsams. And instead of, yeah, you're looking at the Blue Ridge over there, like, I can tell you exactly which which mountain I was looking at, which peak I was looking at. Uh, that's kind of cool. So it's yeah. very cool 3D visualization. It works really, really well, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's amazing yeah, like how take, far mapping has come. Yeah, and if you yeah. take like, that and overlay it with other stuff, I just think in terms of uh, hunting, like when I, you know, bull hunting for me, yeah. you know, I take my, my OnX map, hmm. um, use that, and then use something like Fat Map. All of a sudden I can see the ridges. Yep. Can, without looking at con- contours, are sometimes hard to figure out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of use that to figure out yep. where you're at and what the property yep. lines and that kind of stuff. And then you could turn it into what, you know, here are these trees on these ridges. This is the type of terrain I'm dealing yep. with. Um, so that's where I find that is really yeah. cool because bikes, whatever, you're going up and down the hill, yeah. you can always look at elevation. But yep. when you start turning into, like, what am I dealing with yep. in real life? Um, you know, when it turns into a mountaineering and navigating yeah, instead of just riding a, a buff single track. Right, it's a whole new yep. world. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. So you've been doing that? Cool. How long have you been doing that? I guess five, six months. I uh, kind of started in November, December, and okay. I 
it's all freelance. I do it from home or the van, wherever I'm parked, and okay. coffee shops in the middle of nowhere. It's just something fun to do. It helps me share some of the trails I've been on, and yeah, um, I could use that for my other opportunities, my other services that I offer so as well. So. What other services you got? So as of last week, I'm a permitted guide in Pisgah National Forest. Yeah. Um, I am the only, as far as I know, the only trail running guide service in Pisgah let alone the eastern U.S. Pisgah is not where I'm going to stop, assuming it kind of picks up. I right. DuPont's obviously around the corner. The National Park is around the corner. Nantahala's the next National Forest. Cherokee's the next one over. If all goes well, then I you know, I kind of have an endless growth at that point. But there is not another trail running guide service as far as I can find anywhere. And that's not just saying a guide to go me go out there and show you a trail that's saying anybody that offers shuttling aid station support cruise support if you want to go run an epic you know if you want to go run your first half marathon or marathon and don't know what it takes to get from a to b i'll organize it for you i'll arrange it instead of going to run pay a couple hundred bucks to go run a, a race on some pavement in downtown charlotte or atlanta you can come up and i'll show you an awesome trail and we can have an awesome day yeah. Uh, you won't do see you anybody. A, do you have a website for that? I do. White.productions.com. White.productions.com. Yep. So Productions is my brand. I, I brand all of my repping under that. I do some other f- freelance work. Everything goes under that. And then White.adventures are my trail running adventures. Okay. Uh, white Dot is derived from the Mountains to Sea Trail, which is uh, blazed with a white dot. Gotcha. Uh, I was admiring your tattoo earlier <laughs> oh. yesterday. Yeah. What is the tattoo? It's a oh. tree with a white dot and a white blaze on it. It's gotcha. symbolic of... Uh, a spot where the Art Lobe and the Mountains to Sea Trail come together. So a 30-mile through hiking trail and a 1,200-mile through hiking trail, they merge and they share a mile together high in the Balsam Range up near Sam Knob, Black Balsam up in uh, up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. You join them together. It's like this really cool dark forest. Everything's really dark browns, almost black, loam all over the place. It's just epic. And then you just descend through this really rocky chute. You cross the Blue Ridge Parkway, and the Art Lobe actually leads into farlow gap which is a popular mountain bike trail that a lot of people are familiar with so it's just this really cool little pocket of trail where if you get up there a lot of people have something special tied to it you know okay and that's that's not a common that balsam spot that's not like a common uh type of forest in that region is it it is it's that's common there. yeah so the the spruce the high appalachian spruce fir forest southern appalachian spruce fir forest high mountains okay this the spruce Fur mixture is what makes it feel like Vermont in a lot of places. It's what makes it feel like New Hampshire, the high mountains, or the UP. There's a lot of places up there where you just feel like you're in northern Wisconsin or the UP all of a sudden. Typically, it's above 5,500 feet or above 6,000 feet. There's the balsams, which is like Sam Knob, Black Balsam, Tenant Mountains also there. Leads into Shining Rock. There's the Plot Balsams, which uh, are their own set of trail. There's actually a kind of an untamed, ungroomed officially unofficial trail that crosses the traverses all the plot balsams which i did a couple months ago so so all these different areas that you're talking about you're you're guiding yeah you can help people figure things out so i'm guide. i can guide in pisgah national forest uh the parkway crosses through that the mountains to sea trail certain sections i can okay um and i have areas i can operate in in all three districts the grandfather pisgah and the appalachian Okay. And how do you go about becoming an authorized or official or however you, I forget how you exactly yeah. phrased it, but a lot of permits. emails, <laughs> emails, you get, a, so there's not like a class or a certification no. process. You, you or, get eight or nine attachments in an email, all <laughs> appendix A, appendix C, appendix D, revised appendix G. Yeah. You go through all of these, you read all of them. You're probably going to miss a half a dozen things the first round. You send it in, paperwork's lengthy. 
takes a while. Sometimes it might take a week. Sometimes it might take three weeks. You'll hear back, and then you just keep going through that over and over and over. I'm insured, so I had to get an insurance policy. Um, that's no big deal. It's actually a lot less yeah. than you would think. It's yeah, just like yeah. I, we have an insurance. They have an insurance policy for this event, and I yep. have to have insurance policy. And we have for an insurance event. policy for this event. Exactly. So just like that, I have to do that. Um, I do have to be first aid CPR certified, and I've got a couple other certifications. And you have to I prove that go. in the process. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You have to provide your latest document. Yeah. So I want to go above that and beyond. It's just because I'm only first aid CPR certified doesn't mean I don't know what to do in other extreme situations. It just means that I don't have a certification that doesn't. So you don't have your woofer or anything like yep. that. No. Yeah. Not currently. Gotcha. gotcha. Is that something that you're going to look at doing at some point? I hope so. Yeah. That's. Um, Toby uh, with Happy Mutant, he's actually a wilderness first responder and wilderness first aid. So I'd hope to pick some information up off of him as I worked with him a little more in the future. Yeah. And I also know a couple of wilderness first responders or the people that teach the classes in Asheville. So I'd like to pursue that. It's just a it's very, uh, very expensive. It is it's, expensive. It's yeah. not attainable to the average person, unfortunately. I got college credit for mine. Oh, yeah? Nice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's totally worth doing because it's something that like once you learn the skills. I mean, I la I let my certification lapse years ago, yeah. but once you learn the skills, like you know, I've had to actually build a splint for somebody on a group ride once because he fell and snapped his oh, ankle. Wow. Jeez. So I I dislocated my shoulder three months ago, and none of us knew what to do. And I mean, I was loopy. I'm not I'm not the person who needs to try to be doing anything because I was right. in shock. But the other two guys were like. Man, we just passed up an opportunity to take first aid and wilderness first aid. And I was like, dang, <laughs> well, dang. I, I guess my point is that you never know when something's going to happen. Yep. Right. That's. The, I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's and it, it usually happens on the trails you're most familiar with, and the trails yeah. that are closest to home. Yeah, you and well, you just it's happened to me. That's why they say like most car accidents happen within five minutes of your house. Yep. Isn't that because that the, you're just spending that much more time at your house? Well, I think that has a lot to do with it, but it's also because you're on autopilot. Yep. Giving me a hard time. So the whole wait, you're giving me a hard time. Yeah, wow, that's that's I, a I shocker. Wanna, I want to before we end. We're not gonna end soon, but the whole Regina thing is. Last night we were talking. We got it. She's from Odia's from Saskatoon. Okay. And I had the the goal was to get Regina in a podcast. So I had to bring in the Wilson. Um, the one thing I would say is I got this piece of advice, and I've been working through it in my head the last like six uh -oh. months. Okay. Is be careful what you sow. Because if you don't have the time to uh, harvest all of the stuff, mm. I just have a feeling this trail running um, guiding thing mm. will become, you're going to have your hands full. That's, that's my, that's my hope, and I'm in that balance where yeah. what do I start trading in for right. that extra time? Because yep. I know it's going to, I can't just keep doing it on the side if I want it to be successful. And right. if it is successful, I can't maintain it if I'm. Well, is that your goal? Then. Yep. Yeah, good. Because. Uh, because what all of a sudden what happens is this is what I see is all of a sudden you have three go-to people they all of a sudden next year now they have a friend group of three that they that's their thing they yep. come down for a long weekend and all of a sudden you become the expert yep so then they send your friends to that asking you questions yep. you write a few things and all of a sudden you're like you're the guy yep. you have that real estate as far as that that's that's um, definitely my goal and it's just a matter of you know writing figuring out when it's gonna flip Right, mm -hmm. figuring out when I can pay less attention to this, all these other opportunities I do. Maybe not write them off, but focus more effort right. into my own. So, right. right. So, how do you? So you're still riding. Yep. Uh, how do you transit? Because you were heavy into riding for a long time. Yeah, I was mountain biking, road riding. I 
did a solo century and just kind of capped out on road riding for okay. a while a couple times and did you run much then i didn't run until after four or five years of riding i was working at a bike shop and yeah, right. dealt with a lot of triathletes which you know it's a lot of people don't like triathletes a lot of bike shop people don't like them i don't there's certain ones i don't like but they're just like anything else they're just there's there's the worst in every yeah. aspect of yeah, the yeah, cycling yeah. world do you find that they uh require more information more education, more information. Their bikes require more maintenance. I don't. Okay. I feel like the education Isn't they that get. Is a good thing though? That's that's your opportunity to make. It depends it on what you're cleaning out the bike, because <laughs> in, in West all of them piss on their bike. In West Texas, it's a uh, hundred degrees, and the half Ironman triathlon that goes through there. Piss and sweat. It's it's piss and sweat. I mean, it's your the dudes that are so crusty white and electrolytes just dripping on their top tubes, and you're oh. you're pulling cables out of their bike. The cables have corroded straight to the housing. And they're brand new. What? You put them on last week. Like weird stuff like that. You're pulling tram shifters apart because there's so much crap in there that they don't work anymore. They're the bad? guys that are popping the salt pills. Yeah, it's the salt tabs. It's the salt tabs. It's the heat. It's the top two water bottles that just leak. And, oh, yeah, splashing yeah, all yeah. over, leak, whatever. Yep. So, so you, you didn't run during that. How do you transition? No. Because there's a there's a fine line, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, how do you go from that to now you're running and riding? Yep. Like, what? It was a really hard balance at first, I, I will say. I mean, I I lost a lot of weight, picked up running, and I don't know. It's I don't know if I've found it yet. There's I started trail running, and I started doing a couple of ultra-distance events. I went from zero to hero in a couple of years, and I raced my first race. I got 13th overall. I raced the next one. I got sixth overall. The next one, I got third, and started looking at it, and I'm like, I've never been able to do this on a bike, mm-hmm. but I like riding my bike. Mm-hmm. So... The way I tell most people is that I compete on the running level because it turns out I'm not half bad at it. Mm-hmm. And I ride my bike because I like riding my bike. I don't try to make it my job. I don't try to make it something that I have to do or somewhere that I have to go to ride my bike. It's just I want to ride my bike, and as often as I can, I will. Right. And running is what lets me drink a couple extra beers at the end of each night. Yeah. Is this free? Absolutely. Help nice. yourself. I like these. Yeah, have yeah. at it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I do think I go through ebbs and flows. Okay. You know, where I'll, I'll just get burnt out on riding, just everybody does at some point. You get burnt out on riding, particularly in the winter. I'll take up trail running a lot heavier, and I can get into some higher elevations where it's icy and snowy and you can't ride a bike there. And, mm-hmm. and the summer comes around, and all of a sudden it's way more fun to ride a bike when it's 90, 100 degrees because you're getting cooled off yeah, on the descents exactly, yeah. and yeah. jumping the river at the end of the day. And, yeah, so. it's, it's, I just see it more and more. You know, in the cycling world of things, it's less, less, uh, I don't know if it's marketing or just people, but it's less racing and more fun. Yep. More, it's more about the experience now. It's less about. See the experience. We yeah. There you go. We're getting in that one. That's a drinking game at this point. Yeah. Um, That's, uh, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's more it's about. all about your experience. I mean, Pivot tells you that when you're learning stuff. I mean, if you're in sales, you're trying to sell somebody experience. I mean, if you're. It's all about their, them having the best experience that day and them having a great experience and a phenomenal <laughs> he's, experience. He's Brendan's working on being a new host. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got this stuff down. He's, uh, so, he's got the shtick. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, my yeah. trail running guide service, I want to provide experiences. I don't want you to go pay for a race and be bored and think, oh, learn yeah. Some, learn some things along the way. You could yeah. teach them plenty, like yeah. your section of trail. I mean, yeah. Stuff like nuggets like that. Yeah. You want to pay for something, pay for something that you yeah. get with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
that's where that trail I did out here, that little hidden gem, it's, that was a friend's local knowledge, and she said, you should go run this. And I ran it, and I said, I want to go run the rest of it. And, you know, two years later, I came back and ran the other half of it. Yeah. And, you know, long term, I'd like to make that a goal of mine to have that in my arsenal when somebody's like, I want to go run something. And that's, that's you tell me what you want to do, you tell me your goal, this is the trail I'm going to take you on. Yeah. And this is, this is what's going to make it epic, and this will be the experience of a lifetime. Yeah. All right, so I've been kind of jumping around, but yeah, I, I don't really have much. I want to ask you why you come back to Dirt Rake or Dirt Rake Dirt Fest. Like, what um, is it about this whole thing that makes you come back for six different times? Well, there's the always experience. The, the experience. There's the experience. There's always a little money involved. Um, I mean, it's it's an yeah. event that a lot of people go to. And it's. Yep. I don't want to say it's hard not to go to it because I don't want it to sound like that's the only reason I go, but. I guess it has to be. You have to have some money to make it for you be able to come yeah. back here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it has to be it worth works. it. If it weren't, if I didn't make money, it, unfortunately, it wouldn't be a good event for me to come back to. Mm-hmm. But I just, I like the people here. I like the vendors here. I like the crew at Dirt Rag. I've developed a lot of good relationships with a lot of them, and I maybe that's because I got my foot in the door with Pivot, and I was front and center, and Pivot was title sponsor of the event, and I was always communicating with right. them and talking to them. I maybe that's it. Maybe that's we get off on a different foot than if I were just a, a typical vendor, but the trails are fun. I mean, this is this is not Central PA. This is yeah an Imbaflow trail. It's really fun. It's really fast. Very different than the other trails around yeah. here. You yeah. go drive 45 minutes and you can have a trail that'll blow your mind. And that I tell people, if you can ride this trail network, you can probably ride anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I like it. It's you can come here, get a little change hang out with a bunch of cool friends a bunch of cool vendors the lakes down there they always got good music and take care of everybody then end of the week you can go drive half hour hour up to state college go ride roth rock go to autos drink some beer a bunch of good food i mean there's two breweries the college is usually out by this time of year so the crowds are dimmed down a little bit oh, so that's why that's why gone. i was that was yeah, that's why i was asleep right. yeah i didn't even yeah cross, we went through uh, we went through state college yeah, on our way here empty and we were both like, man, this is a college town. Yeah. I will it's, vouch. it's asleep right now. Yeah, I will vouch for the uh, Rothrock, Tussie, all that yeah. stuff. Rode that at the uh, Transmania. TSE. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, I was a different rider when I left. I yeah. never experienced, like, East Coast mm. rocks. Uh, same. Um, and I, I was a different person yeah. after that week. Yep. I th- for the way better. I think if I looked on Strava, I think Tussie Mountain's probably the most ridden trail I've ever been on. I mean, really? the most yeah. most I've personally ever ridden. Right. I mean, outside of even Pisgah, outside of my home trails back in Dallas, I've probably ridden yeah. Tussie dozens of times, if not beyond that. I, okay. Last fall, I rode it two times in one day. Did a loop, really? and I was like, man, this was fun, and met some buddies, and was like, I'm going to go do it again. And <laughs> I did it two days ago. That's just that's my, it's one of my favorite trails. Yeah. It's just something special about it. Yeah, you get up on uh, on that ridge, too, this Tussie Ridge, yep. and you look out, and you could see, because it's just both sides are open, so you yep. can see, like, there's a ridge to your right and State College to your left. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Yep. Yeah. So you have another, not that I want you to mention specific trails necessarily in Asheville, but, and not the one here running-wise. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other favorites that are your go-to besides Tussie? Um, you're like, yeah, I have to hit that one. If you're anywhere in that in area, co- you're in going. The country. You've been a lot, around all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I have a little hidden gem in central New Mexico that I've okay. I stumbled across a few years ago. It's in I think it's technically in Cibola National Forest, which is about two hours south of Albuquerque. Which Cibola is also right there next to Albuquerque, but it's a weird little ranger district in the middle of nowhere. And there's some 
I think you start at 5,000, 6,000 feet and climb up to 10, 10 and a half, 11,000. Okay. It's an observatory up there. It's the Magdalena Ridge Observatory. You can ride it. You can hike it. You can camp it. You can shuttle it. The best part is I've only ever seen two other people up there. It's just incredible okay. single track that's like one of those locals only places that honestly I don't ever care to tell people because it's so far out there. I don't mind telling you because right. the chance that you're actually going to get there is pretty slim. So, you know, there's that. Um, anything on the AT, if I'm within an hour of the AT, I'll just go run the closest section. That's okay. I, lo- I love the AT. That's the just home trail. to you, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've never done the whole thing, but I've done it pieces in every state now and just like to connect the dots. I mean, somebody can tell me a little portion over here or there, and I can say, oh, yeah, I've been on that. That's, I like that portion for this reason or that reason. And I want to do some longer through runs, through hikes on the AT at some point. But okay. um, I guess riding-wise, there's one other trail network I'm thinking of, but I don't know why I can't. It's not coming to my head right now. Vermont, obviously, Vermont's got a lot of fun stuff. The B-Lot trails. Hell, yeah. The B-Lot trails. It's right where I grew up. It's If you don't know where you're going, it's a very frustrating place. But it'll like also chew you up. Yeah, it'll it'll destroy you. It's super fun. There's a lake in the middle of it, so yep. you can cool off. Is it really rocky or really steep? Yeah, or there's there's it? well, there's actually almost now there's a mixture of flow and yep. and kick the living shit out of you rocks. Okay. Yep. But yep. have you ridden with a group there? I haven't done a group ride. I've done a couple of locals rides where I've gone out with somebody that knows yeah. they yeah. know where to take me. Because there's some really fun lines through that place. Yeah. That you're just you're riding over stuff and you're like, oh yeah. Like, you're riding down the edge of an old cliff face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mixture of, like, old... It's like old Ridgeline trails. Yeah. And like, uh, yep. mixture of that, and somebody went in a machine and cut a couple other trails, and somebody's like, hey, there's a cool rock over here. We're going to go up on this rock, and next yeah. thing you know, there's a five-foot drop-off on the other side, and you're traversing this cool flat rock. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a really good mix now. They, they yep. updated it, and you got... And, yeah. and Bike Shop Andy is doing a great job grooming that in the yep. wintertime, so... Yeah, I've heard it's, it's good It's one for, of the best yeah. spots for fat biking right now. Yeah. yeah. Bike in, shop in, Andy, yeah. Camel Jesus, and that's not that's Mike Ben. That's not in. Uh, Shout a party up there, you guys. Yeah. That's not in Vermont. That's in New Hampshire. Oh, that's you, you're right. You're yeah. right. It's on the other side of the river. It's the same. They're just one of them's upside down. Well, if you swim across the river, at what point do you? Yeah, where's the border? Where's the border? It's closer to the border is in the river closer to Vermont than it is to New Hampshire. Yeah. New Hampshire owns most of the river. I guess I think every time I stay there, I stay. I'm technically staying in Vermont, and then you drive the. Five it's, minutes on the other side, and then you're riding. In you're doing yourself a justice by telling yourself that you're staying in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares either way. Yeah. Now all your New England fans are yeah. going to hate me. Well, it's like you're talking last night about Minnesota or uh, Minneapolis. Excuse me. Yeah, Minnesota and Wisconsin. All oh, driving to get gas. And that you're on the line. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. the same in that area. It's like, yep. I mean, it's the same freaking. It's the same area. The, it just happens to be two different states. Yeah. Borders yeah. mean a lot for some reason. Um, yeah. So yeah. So B. What is it called? B-Lot? B-Lot, Boston B-Lot. Trails. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's a it's a reservoir. Okay. That's been turned into really good trails. Okay. Yep. Cool. Right. Um, that's else, awesome. Ben, yeah. you have anything else you want to talk about? Geronimo. Geronimo. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. A little little dog sitting How old is he? Three years. Three years. And he's your trail dog. Yeah. He acts like he's ten years old and lazy. But if I hopped on a bike right now, he'd go twenty miles and wouldn't stop. So he's. Take him trail riding all the time. Take him running sometimes, and but tell us the name. You gotta be so. Well, Geronimo. It's he goes by G. He goes by G most of the time. I was, I was trying to think of a name, and I got him outside of Brevard in Hendersonville County Shelter a couple years back, and I'm like, what do I name this dog? I don't, I don't really know. the The shelter named him Frodo. 
Okay. Frodo and Sam, and I was like, yeah. I really don't like Lord yeah. of the Rings that yeah, much yeah. to be that guy. That, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Frodo. And he didn't seem to be stuck to it. He was just a stray farm dog, and I think that was just their name, the next name on the list they checked off, and they moved on. And then uh, I was leaving, and we're driving through this little town called Etowah, which is just outside of Brevard. The window's cracked open. He jumps out the window <laughs> at a stoplight. And I was like, what am I going to What am I gonna do with this dog? I was like, I was. <laughs> I had to run around a couple of buildings. I had to get, like, some strawberries and, like, coax them to come back to me. And he yeah. finally came back. I was like, man, I, I almost, my dog almost died the first day I had him. Right. And then I just kept thinking, and I was listening to one of my favorite albums out of a Texas uh, musician out of Austin. And their album name is Geronimo. And I was like, you know, to most people, they think Geronimo, like, Geronimo, jump yeah. off. And I right. was like, well, he just jumped out the window. And the album just came on. I'm trying to think of a name. And then if you ever read the history behind Geronimo, some people love him, some people hate him. He was a pretty brutal person. But at the same time, his whole thing was he would get captured and he'd break out. He'd get captured and break out just over and over and over. And every time I tried putting him in a crate, I'd walk back to the van, the crate would be at eight different pieces, and he'd just be laying there next to it. And he just kept doing this over and over, and to the point where he would hurt himself trying to get out of it. I mean, yeah. just destroying crates, destroying stuff, and he'd just be laying there in the bed. That's all he wanted. Yeah. So that's All I envision is, is Demo Jesus somewhere in the middle of the woods yelling, Geronimo! Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah that's... And that's, G comes running up next to you. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more epic than some dude that's running through the woods in sandals half the time, you know, long flowing hair, and you're just like... <laughs> Geronimo! And then your dog pops out of nowhere, and yeah, that's, you just keep going. It's the image. Yep. <laughs> Gotta maintain the image. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. Anything else? I think you it's anything good. Anything else you want to tell people, leave them with? Any uh, tips for dirt? If they want to come to Dirt Fest, any tips you'd give them? Uh, figure out camping really early. Okay. Yeah. Even if you're a vendor, figure out camping really early. Yeah. Um, it was actually pretty easy, though. It's yeah. just like, hey, you can tent it back behind the thing for Well, this the event has gone through several waves where the last, like, I think two years ago, they had a second setup area or a second vendor area that you had to shuttle to on the other oh, side. Oh, okay. And the yeah, last, no. the years before that and last year, there was a venue or a expo area and camping at the bottom. It's not really an expo, more of like a, a vendors-only area and camping at the bottom, and the houseboats are all down there. And now the venue stops right there, so it's just... Some years, camping's all over the place. Yeah, you can park on the other okay. side of your van. Some years, you're parking a mile away and walking. So okay. figure out the logistics. Uh, make sure you plan a trip to Rothrock and Ride Tussie and Cooper's Gap. It's a nice Imba Trail network. Okay. I think we did that during TSC, too. Yeah. Uh, sounds familiar. I think you do. I've, it's like you do all the different pockets, and I think that's yeah. one of the little pockets right. you ride. Yeah. I think that's yeah. one I flatted yeah. on. But yeah, there's plenty of demo bikes here, plenty of vendors. The food's great. It's really, I mean, it's just a one-stop shop. You come here, and I don't ever think about, man, i got to go into town and grab some food. No, actually, you think opposite. You're like, yeah. eh, I'm not going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't need there's, it that bad. There's more than enough beer here, yeah. um, more than enough bikes, more than enough places to do stuff, and you get hot and you go down to the lake. It's just, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks for the uh, hour of time. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's really yeah. been an hour. Yeah, I gotta go set my booth up. So yeah, go do your work and thank you for the time. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for hanging with us. Yeah, yeah. of course. I'll, thank you I'll guys, listeners. I'll stick all links in the show notes so you can yeah. check out what he has going on. He is not uh, that person that rhymes with single something. He's not that guy. So if you see those, stickers, I'm not the mingle snack yeah. rambler. The Tambler, mingle, the mingle snack rambler. Mingle yeah. snack rambler. So if you see a sticker of a guy. Uh, <laughs> 
That is uh, Demo Jesus. That is not, uh, that's Brendan. Not so, Mingle Snack. Yes, Mingle Snack. So, all right, thanks, Brendan. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Thank you.